Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Two Guys and a Vikings Fan. I'm Sam Rip. Just me this week, as I'm doing this late Tuesday night. You can see this comes up a little later than I normally post, but just me this week. But I have a lot to get to, and some topics I will save until Jack comes back. But we have NBA Finals to talk about. It's very interesting series, and it got a lot more interesting after Game 5. We got new contracts in the NFL Big news in baseball on one of my teams that's going bad. Kimbrell and Keuchel finally sign. And we have the Stanley Cup Finals. And I have a take on Steph Curry and the Warriors that might ruffle some feathers. So stick around. And we got a lot for this episode. But before we get into the NFL, you can find us on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Like I said, we're going to start right in the NFL. And we have a contract extension. Carson Wentz signs a four-year extension, $128 million, 107 of that is guaranteed. That's the real money we have to look at. Wentz's total deal now is six years, $154 million. He beats out Russell Wilson for the most guaranteed money in the NFL. I think this is a great contract for Wentz. It looks like it's a little bit front-loaded, which is perfect for them. I mean, he's coming off of an ACL and back uh, problems from last year. But I think we can all agree he's probably the best quarterback coming out of that draft class. I think he's better than Jared Goff. And I think Carson Wentz is the real deal and looking to lead the Eagles back to where he was taking them before he tore his ACL two years ago, which would have been the Super Bowl. And he was on his way to his MVP season. So I think this is a great deal for Carson Wentz. He is about to own... That division for many years to come, I believe. I think this is just a a very friendly deal for the Eagles and for Carson Wentz, you know, as Zach Ertz, and he's got Deshaun Jackson for a deep threat. He's got everyone there for the next couple of years, at least the next three years. He has all those guys, and the Eagles are looking for another Super Bowl run, this time with Carson Wentz being the starter in hopefully that big game. So that is the big contract so far that happened this week. Pretty soon we should probably see deals from Dak Prescott and from Jared Goff. We will see when those happen. Nothing so far, but we know Dak will get extended and probably Jared Goff not far behind. So news, and I'm going to bring this up next week too with Jack, but there's been talks about should the NFL go to an 18 regular season schedule? Roger Goodell talked about it last week when he was asked about possibly shorting, shortening the preseason to two games and lengthening the NFL regular season schedule to 18 games. There's a lot to get into with this. I'm not going to get into too much because I want to talk with Jack next week. But it obviously means that's more more money for players and for the teams because teams or players aren't going to want their same contract for 16 games, they're going to want more for 18, but they're also going to want more health benefits. Um, Right now, I believe they only have health care for only five years after they retire. They're going to want more than that. I wouldn't be shocked if they start asking for lifetime health care. I know there's already been talked about that. That's going to be tough, but the NFL is a billion-dollar industry, so anything is possible. Would I like to see 18 season, eighteen regular season games? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I think 16 is a good mark right now. I have no I have no problem 
with 18, all the stats are going to be skewed if we had two more games, everything that's been going on forever. But I don't know, even know if the players would want it because, yeah, they'll get more money, but it comes at a cost of their health. So we can talk about this more next week with Jack. I'll keep it in the notes. But it's going to be interesting. I don't think we see this anytime soon. And who knows even what football looks like in the next 10, 15 years. It's going to look a lot different than what we see the game as today. Next week also in NFL, just so you can give a kind of preview, we're going to do some dark horse MVP candidates in the NFL to try to keep the NFL news coming along as we hit the dog days of summer with baseball coming up. This is going to be the only sport happening pretty soon, which brings us to baseball. And one big injury to a team that I root for, and that is the Philadelphia Phillies, Andrew McCutcheon tore his ACL and is gone for the year. And this happened on a interesting play when they were playing in San Diego last week. He was on first base, leading off the game with a walk. Next guy up was Gene Segura, who hit a pop-up straight up to the second baseman. And if you watch Segura coming out of the box, he went down on one knee and did not run the ball out. So Ian Kinsler smartly... Dropped the ball, let it hit, threw it to first, easily got Segura out, and that put Andrew McCutcheon in a rundown. While as McCutcheon was going back and forth in a rundown, he sidestepped trying to avoid the tag, and as when he did that, he tore his ACL, went down in a heap. It's the second time he's tore his ACL. He did it once when he was in high school. Gene Segura, you really this this play could have easily been avoided if you would have just ran out of the box. And no one is killing you for it. It like all you had to do was at least like jog to first, and you would have had to catch the pop up. He's not getting any pushback for it. If Bryce Harper would have done this, do you know how much he would be getting killed because he didn't run out a pop up? He gets killed if he doesn't run out a ground ball. And yeah, that's fair criticism, but he didn't run out a pop up, and it cost your teammate an ACL, and maybe it was on the hinge of tearing anyway but nobody knows we could have had him intact and now the Phillies they're not playing spectacular they're in a tie for first place now with the Braves we're going to get to the Braves in just a second but it feels like the Phillies are slipping they're getting injuries their whole bullpen is now depleted everyone's on the IL and now we have McCutcheon gone for the year it feels like this Phillies team that started the year off really hot it's kind of going away. Harper's getting hot, but at the time, his teammates are kind of getting cold. So off and on again there. But seriously, Segura run the ball out, and McCutcheon would still be here. So it just drives me nuts that no one's even, not even saying anything. He's just getting a pass. Like, your teammate just tore his ACL because you didn't run out a ground ball or a pop-up. So that really drives me nuts. And, yes, the Phillies, we Jack and I both picked them. Two win the NL East, but it's looking a little more dicey, and the Braves are looking pretty strong as they are both tied for first place in the NL East. And speaking of the Braves, they got Dallas Keuchel. One year, $13 million. He did take $4.9 million less than what the Astros offered him earlier this season. So all in all, he did not win the offseason and what he was trying to accomplish by holding out for that big contract. He got a one-year deal. But I think this helps the Braves. 
but who really knows? He's not going to pitch for a while, probably not till the end of June until we see him make his Major League debut. But Scott Boris is a very aggressive and very smart agent, but I think he lost on this one. Everyone thought he almost lost in the Harper deal, but still ended up getting him $330 million. But this one, he said he wanted his client to get at least like $20 million a year. Well, he didn't get that. He only got 13 for one, and he wanted like a six-year deal. So that didn't happen. And he goes to the Braves, who, like I said, they need him. But he's going to hit the market again. So he's this is a key year for Dallas Keuchel to get back on track. Hopefully he can lead the Braves to where they want to go. They won the division last year, and they're hoping to make it two straight. Which leads us to the other free agent that was waiting until after the June draft, so there was not a draft pick tied to him. That was Craig Kimbrell, and he signs with the Chicago Cubs, which I'm guessing we'll talk about next week with Jack as well. He signs a three-year, $43 million deal. The Cubs' bullpen has been bad, so they needed someone, but the last time we saw Craig Kimbrell was not great. Last postseason and in the World Series, he couldn't find the strike zone at all. It was tough to watch. So who knows what kind of Kimbrel the Cubs are going to get. I honestly don't know if I like this signing. Jack was pretty excited when he found out. He texted me. I told him, well, I hope he can't find the strike zone for you guys. And I, it, I was joking, but at the same time, I could be serious about that too. Like I think this contract could look pretty bad in a couple years. And the Cubs are in to win it now. They're tied with the Brewers. Actually, after tonight, the Brewers have a one-game lead on them. But I don't know. This one could this one could backfire on the Cubs. Or right away, it could be perfect and the perfect storm and lead the Cubs to a division title and what they're looking for, a World Series title. So we'll see about that. And one other thing I was just going to touch on in baseball before we move on, and I'm definitely going to bring this up next week too, so you get a little preview show this this week as well, is home runs are up and all over baseball. And it doesn't – home runs used to be the big thing growing up back when it was the steroid push, Bonds, McGuire, everything. They were a thing of beauty. And then the whole slogan, chicks dig the long ball. Then they kind of got back to being harder to hit home runs. You didn't see very many people hit. And now it seems like if you put the ball in play, it's it's gone. The three things that are going to happen, you're either going to walk, you're going to strike out, or you're probably going to hit a homer. And I love home runs, trust me. I think they're great. I love when, obviously, my favorite players hit them. But... I think they're a little overrated now. It's either all or nothing. We just watched to start the game. Well, the Phillies-Diamondbacks game on Tuesday night, excuse me, Monday night, set an MLB record for 13 home runs in one game. 13. The game started off with three straight home runs by the Diamondbacks. And now tonight in the Braves and Pirates game, the Pirates, or excuse me, the Braves hit four home runs in one inning. I think this is getting a little ridiculous. Home runs are kind of be... It's not that cool anymore. 
Like, I love what the Twins are doing. The Twins are mashing home runs, and trust me, Twins are playing very well right now, too. And they have, like, they're, they're the Bombas, the Bomba squad. That's really cool and everything. It's, it's just not as cool anymore because everyone's doing them. You're watching these little guys just put the ball in play, and it's gone. They're hitting them 400 feet like it's nothing. So we'll talk about what Jack thinks about it next week, but it's literally anything put in play is a home run. And we're not even in the hot days of summer yet when the ball is really going to start flying out of these parks. So I think home runs are getting a little overrated now. Not as cool as they used to be. But still, when my when Bryce Harper hits a home run, trust me, I'm super pumped. But also not very – it's just not as exciting anymore whenever – I mean, Christian Yelich has 25 home runs already. That's an unseemly long or high pace that he's on. And you know what? I'm not that impressed. Also, I think he hits in Miller Park, so I'm really not that impressed. So if you hit in that kind of a friendly ballpark like that or in Colorado, I'm not going to be that impressed with your home runs. So we're going to talk with Jack about that next week. Let's get into the Stanley Cup Finals. We thought... We were going to, last time we had this podcast, I said it was almost over. I believe the Bruins were up 2-1 after that. And I said, oh, this series is kind of being done. Well, tomorrow night, we have Game 7. The two best words in sports. Game 7. The Blues went up 3-2 after another missed call that led straight to a goal that was the deciding goal in Game 6. Excuse me, Game 5. And a missed trip that cost the Bruins and the NFL, the NHL is already looking bad for bad officiating this postseason. But the Blues could not capitalize in their on their home ice, and it goes back to Boston now. Wednesday night, Game Seven, the Blues publisher, uh, media company, post and leaked a congratulations letter. And before Game 6, saying that they won the Stanley Cup. So, I mean, right there you knew something was going to be up. And usually that's not very good. So, bad job by St. Louis on that one. But yeah, two best words in sports. Game 7, I'm looking forward to that. Boston against St. Louis. It's in Boston. I think Boston wins this thing. So it's, what, been 90 days or something since you last celebrated a title, Boston. So I don't mind the Bruins, and I think the, they're going to be hoisting another championship very, very soon. So let's get into now where everyone's talking about. Let's talk about the NBA. And before we get in to the finals and some key things that happened there, one legend, you can probably call him, has decided to hang up the cleats. Cleats, sorry, basketball shoes. That is Tony Parker. He retires after 18 seasons. He's a four-time NBA champ. Most of you probably don't remember this, but last year he played for the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, I didn't remember that either until I got the news today saying he retired. I was like, well... Kind of forgot he played there. He was part of all those great Spurs teams with Ginobili and Duncan. So he hangs him up, and he's definitely going to be a Hall of Famer. 
I don't think there's any question about that. Let's get now to where everyone's talking about, and that is the NBA Finals. Wow. Did things happen this week? We, I just, I don't even know where to start. Last time we talked, it was 1-1. Going back to Oracle, where you would think the Raptor, or excuse me, the Warriors would get at least one. Well, that didn't happen. Clay Thompson didn't play in Game 3. Toronto wins that one. Well, they decided to win Game 4 as well. Take a 3-1 lead going back to Toronto for Game 5. Which was, I mean, everyone knows the story. Only one team has came back from a 3-1 deficit. That is the 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers, led by LeBron James, over that 73-9 Golden State Warrior team. So we've seen it before. And going into Game 6, or excuse me, Game 5, everyone was thinking, this has got to be the game Durant comes back. It seemed everything was going. He practiced which at this point, how much do they really practice in the playoffs? It's basically just resting and getting healthy. So Durant comes back. He plays. He warms up. He looks good. He plays 11 minutes, scores 12 points. He looks very good. Like Durant came out, and he looked just as good as he's looked all season before that calf injury. And all of a sudden, he decides to make a move. On, I can't remember. I don't even know if it was Kawhi Leonard that was on him, but he'd start, try to jab and make a move. And then he went down. All of a sudden, you see him drop the ball and go to his knee. That led to a Serge Ibaka dunk on the other end. But then all of a sudden, the cameras pan back, and there we see Kevin Durant laying on the ground. And you're like, oh my gosh, he just, his calf just gave out again or something. We're not sure. He goes back to the locker room, and it's just a waiting game. And all of a sudden, this video surfaces on Twitter of the back of his calf. And we see when somebody tears their Achilles, you see the tendon shoot up and a big pop. Well, that's what we all saw. And it has not been confirmed yet, but they fear that it's a torn Achilles and that he is done for, obviously, the rest of the series. And he's done for all of next year, which has some different ramifications that we can get into a little bit later. So, people can rip and they people want to blame everyone. So, who are, the, who are they going to put the blame on this one? I don't think you can blame anybody. Durant wanted to play. The doctors say he was healthy enough. They said he couldn't injure it more. Obviously, well, that didn't happen. But I don't blame the doctors. If Durant thought he was healthy enough and the doctors thought he was healthy enough, then he can play, and that's what he decided to do. He wanted to play, and he just got injured. It happens. Not everything's perfect. I think it was like a ticking time bomb for him. It was just he wasn't healthy to begin with before, and maybe that tendon was a little – everyone thought it was a calf before, and it probably was, but maybe there was a little bit of that tendon that wasn't 100% secure, and it just – it ruptured. It sucks. I feel bad for Durant. Now, I've hand hounded Durant – Ever since he made that move to Golden State, I might defend him a little bit later. Just wait and see what what I got for him. So we'll see what happens a little bit later. But everyone's going to talk about what happened as soon as he got injured. It was right in front of, obviously, they were in Toronto, right in front of the benches and stuff. And fans were cheering a little bit. And 
They're waving at him. But at first, and everyone is killing the fans. Toronto has no class. The fans are the worst. Give the fans a little bit of a break. Just hear me out for a second. A star player, you're up 3-1 on your home court. The championship trophy is in the building. You can sense a championship that has never been won by the Toronto Raptors. And a guy goes down. You don't know how bad he's injured. You don't know that he tore his Achilles. It is, he could have just injured his calf a little bit more. He could have went to the sideline, got it a little rubbed up a little bit, and came back. You just see a player go down for a little bit, and the fans cheered for a little bit, and the Warriors players started getting mad at him. The Raptors players told him to stop cheering. And it wasn't everyone. It was just some people that got caught on camera. Don't give – like, seriously, the championship was in their grasp, and they decided to cheer for a little bit. They didn't understand what how bad he was injured. If they thought he tore his Achilles or he broke his leg or something, he probably wouldn't have cheered. But they didn't know. So in the heat of the moment, you can sense your first-ever championship and their best player goes down. They probably, yeah, they're like, oh, my gosh, what just happened? We have a better shot at winning the title is what they were probably thinking. That's what I was thinking when I was here at home. I was like, my gosh, what just happened? Durant just went down. I wasn't happy. I wasn't like jumping up in joy like, oh, my gosh, here it comes. It was just a shock to see what happened. So just give the fans a break. Like, it, they're, fa- they're fans. Yeah, it wasn't a great look, but they were not. And then after he got up and started to walk towards the locker room, everyone was cheering Durant. They were calling his name. So just relax, okay? Don't harp on the Toronto fans. They didn't do anything wrong, okay? So if you got a problem with that, I'm sorry. They they didn't do anything wrong. They cheered for a second and then realized what was going on, and they completely took it back. So just stop. Just stop. So the game, there was still a game to be played, and it came down to be a very entertaining game, and it was a one-point win by the Warriors, obviously, or else I'd be talking about how the Raptors won the championship. That did not happen. They forced a game six back at Oracle. Will be the final game ever played at Oracle as they are moving. But it was a crazy ending. Golden State had leads of double digits twice in the game. And every time the Raptors got close, Warriors would go on a little bit of a run. Came all the way back until Kawhi Leonard decided to be the best player in basketball right now, in my opinion. And he scored 10 straight points to give the Raptors a six-point lead with two minutes left. And he hit some FU shots right in the face as he just pulled up from three and hit them right in their face. And it just wasn't enough as Clay and Steph, Clay hit two threes. One ended up being the difference maker at the end of the game. Uh, the, the final shot was missed by Kyle Lowry in the corner after they doubled Kawhi Leonard. And it was a bad miss if you look at it. Video shows that Draymond Green did get a finger on it, so stop just killing Kawhi Lowry. So, or Kyle Lowry, excuse me. So stop killing him. It was, he had to do what he had. He literally cut the ball with less than a second. He had to shoot it. It got tipped. They they move on to game six. You kind of sense that maybe the tides are turning a little bit, that they let one slip away. I believe the, I think the Raptors were like 54-0 or something when holding a three-point lead with under two minutes left or something. So, yeah, it, it happened. 
They let one slip away. They had the championship in their hands. It didn't, but seriously, like in crunch time, even though the Warriors won this game in crunch time, Kawhi Leonard was amazing and turned in to prove why he's the best player in the game right now. And Steph Curry couldn't hit a shot. He hit one three, but he was hitting front rim, and he just kept going farther back and back and back, and he couldn't hit anything. And it was like, what are you doing? Like, where is this Steph? Like, I've said he hasn't played that great in the postseason. I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But it's just been – it was bad. Like, Kawhi Leonard, easily the best player in this finals, and especially in all that Durant's not coming back. Oh, it's not even close. So we go to game six in Oracle Thursday night. I mean, the Raptors are, they don't want to come back for game seven. And even though it's going to be on their home court, they want to close it out after they thought they let this one slip away. But I looked into this Curry narrative about not playing well. He doesn't really live up to the hype in the finals. These are his regular season stats, the seasons they went to the finals. So the last five years... He shot, um, he shot 47.7% from the field and scored 26.6 points per game, and his three-point percentage was 43.6. All right, let's take a look at his final stats from the last five finals. Points per game, about the same, 26.5. Now, a couple of those have been skewed, like with that 47-point game the other day. Field goal percentage... that's down five points so not as great there you can always it's just easy to see that and three-point percentage down 43 to 39 percent so the stats back me up I know the points per game but I mean he gets a lot of free throws and stuff that jack his stats up a little bit but you can just tell he has not been the same player that he is, he won those two MVPs, and then he gets to the finals, and then boom, he just kind of disappears. He has won that 47-point game. Yeah, that was really cool, but guess what? They lost that game. And you can say, yeah, he had to do everything, but if you're the best, if people think you're the best player, and you put up 47 in a finals game, you expect to win that game. And he didn't. Which makes me think that what LeBron did with the Cavs in 2015, when he didn't have Ky- uh, Kyrie Irving or Kevin Love, and Durant, or excuse me, and LeBron James actually got that Cavs team up two games to one when he was literally doing it by himself. That's a true champion right there. I don't care that they came back and won that series. There was no reason that the Warriors should have even been down two games to one they probably should have swept that and LeBron did so much more with so much less than what Steph Curry did and he never lived up to it so you can you can have the argument if you want that Steph Curry is the best basketball player in the league I'm not buying it not even close and the stats kind of back that up at least they do in my opinion and this is a take that Come at me, tweet at me, let me know if you don't agree with this take, because I'm guessing a lot of you won't. But I killed Kevin Durant for not, or for signing there, because I'm like, you know what? They already were that good without him. You didn't need him. Now you just cakewalked in 
and won two championships, maybe three if they can come back and win the next two games. That's KD still gets a ring, even though he played a whole three minutes or he played 12 minutes in the this finals. But the Warriors without Durant, they never really lived up to expectations, in my opinion. Yeah, I know. Crazy to think. But just hang on for a second. Think about this. Their first title back in 2015, like I mentioned just a little bit ago, was against LeBron and basically just LeBron. They had Kevin Love injured. Kyrie Irving injured. And they won four games to two. But actually, they were down two games to one in that series before winning the next three. So they beat a team that was completely injured. Okay, so there's their first title. Next year, 2016, the Cavs are healthy. And they're up 3-1. They won 73 games in that season, 73-9. Great team, one on record for being the best regular season team. I think the Bulls have something to say about that. And they lose in Game 7 on their home court. And that was a healthy LeBron, a healthy Kevin Love, and a healthy Kyrie Irving. And they did not win that title. So there's 1-1. One and one. And honestly, you should probably beat that team. Like, yeah, it's LeBron James, but you have Clay Thompson, you have Steph Curry. You have Draymond Green. Back then, you had Harrison Barnes, Andrea Godala, and I can't think of the big guy in the middle. You had one more guy, and they didn't win that one. So then, in comes Kevin Durant, play against that same Cavs team, and they win in five. And as they should, next year, they swept them. As they should. And now this year, they don't even look nearly that talented without Kevin Durant on the court. And this is supposed to be this. The Warriors were saying when he got injured, they were smiling. When he hurt his calf, saying that, oh yeah, we, we it's fun to play without him. And saying stuff like that. And now, Clay Thompson after the game is like, I don't know why anybody would say we're a better team without Kevin Durant. You guys said it. You guys literally said that. So don't come back now that you're down. You were down three one. Now down three two. Oh, we need Kevin Durant. Oh yeah, you think? I yeah. I think everyone could see that because Toronto looks like the better team. But oh, guess what? They shouldn't be because if you take Kawhi Leonard off that team, they're nothing. They're nothing. Kyle Lowry. Not that great. I like Marcus All, but he's not that great by himself. This team is not good besides Kawhi Leonard. You have Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala. What more do you want? You're playing against a one-man show. In Game 5, the Warriors hit 23s, the Raptors hit 8, and still only lost by 1. This dynasty, quote-unquote, should be 5-0 and in these finals. They shouldn't have lost to the 2016 Cavs. And they if they're on the verge of losing this one, unless they come back and win two more, and be the second team ever to come back from 3-1, they should have won all these, and they should have been the better team each time. The only time they looked like the better team 
has been the two years Durant has played. So you know what? Everything I've said about Durant before, saying he took the easy road, maybe not. Maybe he's the one. He's the reason they had those titles. And the first one was because everyone was injured on the Cavs. So you know what, Kevin Durant? I take it back. You deserve those two titles. I always said you didn't deserve them. You deserve those two titles. And the rest of the team and the rest of the players don't. Steph Curry, zero rings. Klay Thompson, zero rings. Draymond Green, zero rings. Kevin Durant, two rings, maybe three if they come back and win this. You're the reason. They should win this series. You realize that, right? You, they should win this series. They have the better players. They're the better team, and the Raptors are making them look silly. They have been the better team for the last five years, and they might only get three rings out of it. No, they might only get two. I guess they get three. They're looking for their... It's just it's unreal. They're looking for ring number four. But still, they should have five. They should have five. So Kevin Durant, I hope you a speedy recovery, and I hope somebody takes a chance on you. That's where I'm going to go right now. But Kevin Durant is the difference maker. Not a, not a kind take, probably. Like I said, if you have questions about that, let me know. Tweet at me. Twitter handle, at SamRep13. Let me know. But now let's go to free agency. Durant won't be healthy now in the offseason. So what happens now? I, I don't know. There, apparently there's three teams reportedly that they will give him the three-year or they'll give him the max deal. But this kind of puts a wrench in the Knicks' plans. They wanted to get Kyrie and Durant. Well, they can get Kyrie for next year. But do you really think Kyrie's going to want to go there without Durant not playing for a whole year? I don't know about that. And now, I mean, he might as well just take his player option and stay with Golden State and get healthy there because he already knows the doctors. Rest and get healthy and then hit free agency the next year. I guess it's going to be interesting. I mean, we already got talks that uh, the Pelicans are open to a three-team trade with Anthony Davis. And he said his destinations are the Lakers. And one other team I can't think of right now. That could be interesting. You pair LeBron and AD up like they've wanted to. Maybe Kyrie goes to L.A. Who knows? They could repair together. It's going to be a crazy offseason. I can't wait for it. But this Kevin Durant thing throws a whole wrench in this finals. You never want to see anybody get injured, especially like this. That takes them away for a whole season. I was hoping it was just going to be a calf strain that took him out for the rest of the finals, and he'd be fine by the offseason, but it's not. It's We're still waiting on official word that it's a torn Achilles. I'm watching SportsCenter right now. They just said it's they. that's what they fear, and I think that's what everyone fears. We saw, we saw it go. So, unfortunately, it's going to be a long year of no Durant, like next year. We don't get to watch Kevin Durant wherever he's going to play. So, it's unfortunate, but... By the next podcast, we will have an NBA champion and an NHL champion, and we will recap those when those titles happen. Hockey will be Wednesday night. NBA will either be Thursday. If it forces to a Game 7, that will be Sunday night. 
at 7 o'clock. But one more thing, or actually two more things before we get out of here. Uh, David Ortiz, if you haven't heard by now, he was shot in the Dominican Republic uh, from behind, and it went through. Uh, they don't really know what has really has happened. He is back in Boston now, and he did had two surgeries, one in the Dominican and one in Boston. He is doing better. They said he's he was able to stand today. So very scary to see a guy just walk up behind him and shoot him right in the back. At first, someone thought it was a robbery. doesn't really look like it. Uh, if it was a hit on him, nobody really knows. And so we just hope Big Poppy the best. I mean, I love David Ortiz. So let's hope he, he has a speedy recovery, and we'll see what happens there. But we will get more information, hopefully, by next week that he is doing better and that they can find out in the Dominican that what actually happened and why. And they have the guys uh, hopefully in custody by now. But that's a very scary situation for David Ortiz. And we'll, we'll just we'll see what happens with that. One more thing, the World Cup started for women's, and the USA won 13 to nothing today, and Alex Morgan had five goals. So Team USA is favored to win the whole thing as they won the last World Cup. So good for them. Great way to start. And, yeah, Alex Morgan, five goals. So that is, uh, I guess you could say that's a crazy good start or something like that. But... Last thing I have before I get out of here and before we get to watch uh, Game 7 and Game 6 this coming week, it is Father's Day uh, this Sunday. This will be the last podcast we do before Father's Day. So I'd like to wish everyone a happy Father's Day out there if that applies to you and to my dad out there. he is uh, He's meant a lot to me. He's always been there. And the more that I grew up, he's always been there with sports for me. The more I realized, you know what, he was right when I was growing up and uh, how I've mentioned before in the podcast that with growing up with sports, he always said the officials usually right and you can't blame everything on them. There's more game to be played. Well, you know what, Dad, you were right and everything that you've taught me and you support me with it, I really appreciate it and I just wanted to wish you a happy Father's Day and everyone else out there as well. So, that is all I have for this week. We got an exciting podcast next week. Like I said, I gave you a little little preview. We're going to do Dark Horse MVP candidates. We'll re-go through the regular season 18-game schedule. We'll talk probably about our home runs overrated. We'll probably discuss the Durant injury with Jack again, and then we will have a champion in the NBA, will the Raptors win their first title in team history or the Warriors go for a three-peat? And then what happens? Will the Bruins get another title for Boston or will the Blues snap like 70 years for that? All that and more next week with Jack, hopefully, possibly even Taylor if we get him on. But that is it. Again, Twitter, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Give us a rate, a review, and give it, leave us a comment. And see how we're doing. Let me know what you think of my Durant takes and Steph Curry not being great in the finals. And let me know.
But until next week, Dad, happy Father's Day. And we'll see you all next week with two new champions in sports.